0: Just like sheep, we've gone astray. Struggling beneath a debt we could not pay, not ever hoping to renew the love and fellowship that we. But he began to went to crying.
1: Y'all know we get to have a lot of fun working here on the staff of First Baptist Church. People like Gary, Karen, Frankie, Bill, Ron. I mean, you can name them all, but we have a great time. It's, a, it's wonderful being a part of a team like this. Appreciate Karen sharing in and, and, um, music tonight. Just what a heart for the Lord. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to focus a few minutes tonight on... On uh, verses 12 through 16, 12 through 16. Now, what is your typical question when you see people on, say, Sunday morning in Sunday school? What, do you, what is the first thing that's usually out of your mouth when you see them? You say, hi, Bill. How you doing? Exactly, exactly. That's kind of what I say. When I see people on Sunday morning, hey, Carol, or hey, Gary, how's it going, you know? Now, I'm I'm almost 51 years old. In 51 years, when I've asked that question, I've never heard anybody say this. Well, you know, John, I've got a major decision to make in my life. And I spent all Saturday night in prayer about that. You know, maybe somebody said that to you, but they've never said that to me when I asked them how they're doing. I've never heard anybody respond like that. Um, When Jesus chose his disciples, who he named as as apostles, because he had more than just the 12 that were following him as disciples, when he chose those, the ones who would be closest to him, those that would actually provide leadership ...for the church... ...he didn't pick them arbitrarily... ...he didn't do it off the cuff... ...according to the scriptures... ...he spent the whole night... ...in prayer. Now it's interesting to me... ...that Jesus did that... ...because if you read in Luke... ...chapter 4... ...we're again in Luke chapter 6... ...if you look in Luke chapter 4... ...he had spent 40 days alone in the desert I've never prayed for forty days alone in the desert but anyway he'd already spent forty days and if you that's Luke chapter four verse two and if you look at Luke chapter 5:16 the scripture says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed uh, you know I would think if you'd spent 40 days alone with God, that, that'd last you at least for several years, wouldn't it? <laughs> you, might, you might think it'd last you a lifetime, you know? But, uh, but Jesus knew what was at stake. Let's, let's read this, verse 12. I'm reading from the NIV, uh, Luke chapter 6. Verses 12 and following, it says, um, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, He called His disciples to Him and chose twelve of them whom He also designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, And Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask now that you would just open your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See, Jesus knew what was at stake. He knew how important this decision was. Do we realize tonight what is at stake in the decisions and the plans that we make? Do we realize what we've been given by God, the opportunities that we have? Jesus evidently did. And the first thing we see in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus wanted to be alone with his Father. Jesus wanted to be alone with his Father. Have you ever just wanted to be alone with somebody? I can remember... Years ago, when we were going out to seminary, and I just thought it was going to be the greatest spiritual experience of my life. I was just so excited because I was going to be around these spiritual giants. And I wasn't disappointed. When I got to seminary, there were some spiritual giants walking around. And they weren't, you know, literally tall. But, you know, these were people who'd walked with the Lord, uh, knew the scriptures. But not only knew the scriptures, many of them had been crushed through the circumstances of life, too. I mean, many of them had suffered great pain and agony in their life. But one of my greatest disappointments was was about about seminary. I wanted to spend some time with these people, but there just wasn't time. I wanted to have the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Corley and and pick his brain. I wanted to sit down with Dr. Boo Heflin and, and pick his brain, but the time... The school was a large school, about five thousand students, and and, you know, they had classes to teach, and you might catch them in the hall for for just a moment, but the idea that you were going to sit down over coffee with them and and talk about you know challenges in life, that wasn't gonna happen. It might have happened if you worked on your PhD, but I, I wasn't hanging around that long. But years ago, for most of us, we came to know God personally. We came to know Him through Jesus Christ. And my question tonight is this. Just as I was eager to try to get with those professors, I asked the question, why are we not excited about spending time alone with God? Why doesn't our excitement overcome our exhaustion when we stay up talking to God? Is prayer just for us, giving God the facts. You know, just giving God the These are the needs, Lord. Boom, boom, boom. Or, do we have, like Jesus, our hearts to desire to be alone with Him? Just to be alone with God and to develop that relationship with God. One of the things that, you know, and again, I know I shouldn't do this. My wife tells me not to, but anyway. But one of the things that really impacted my life, uh, was it a month ago? I don't remember exactly when. But Carol Cannon, a few months ago, shared a testimony. Uh, I think it was during stewardship time or something, wasn't it? Do y'all remember? But anyway, he talked about just walking in the mornings and, and just walking, turning that walking time into a time of prayer. Just spending time alone with God. Now, I can't imagine if he's walking, he may do this, I don't know, but I can't imagine if you're walking and it's early in the morning, it's dark, he's out there with his prayer list, you know. I imagine he's just sharing his heart with God and listening to God. Time alone is what Jesus wanted. Where is the hunger Where's the thirst just to be alone with Him and to talk with Him and to listen to Him and to share with Him our burdens and our joys and our disappointments? Where's the fire? Where's the desire? What do we desire instead? What do we pursue instead? So the first thing I see in this passage of Scripture is a desire to be alone with God. Jesus wanted to be alone with His Father, and so He got away. He got away so he could be alone. It wasn't easy for Jesus to be alone with God. Remember, he had a group of people that were what? Following him. I don't imagine when you wake up in the morning, there's a group of people following you. Unless unless you're a mother with young children, right? Okay. If you're a mother with young children, yes, you have a group following you. Amen. They're ready for breakfast and activities and all this. But it wasn't easy for Jesus to get alone with God. Remember, he had that group. And so he went to the mountain to be alone. He didn't try to pretend that he was alone in the midst of the crowds. He made an effort to get away and to be alone with his father. And I believe with all my heart that if if you and I do not come apart, if we do not get away and get alone with God then we will literally come apart in trying to live this Christian life in our own strength. And who are we? Who are we? The person that we are when we're alone with God and nobody else is looking? That's who we really are. Jesus faced this crucial issue, and he hungered and he thirsted to be alone with God, and he made sure he got alone. Have you ever wondered, why does God allow the pressures and the crucial decisions to come into our lives? Why do we have to face these kind of things, it seems like, all the time? Is it perhaps that God's allowing these pressures in our lives and these decisions, these major issues, to drive us to get alone with Him? To spend time alone with God Who is the person that you recall in your life that when you were alone with them, there was a sense of, of wisdom, calmness, assurance, love? Who was that special person in your life? I want to encourage you to make this a priority of that personal time with God. So Jesus sought to be alone. The second thing I see in this passage of Scripture, that Jesus went away to the mountainside. He got alone with God. But the second thing it says, obviously, is he spent the night praying. He spent the night praying. How many of you have ever had a job in your life? You've ever worked? Raise your hand. Some of you, I know you never have had a job yet because you're still a student. Right, all right. Can you remember? Can you remember that first day on the job can you remember your first day at work i mean whether it was at piggly wiggly bag and groceries which was for me you know or whether maybe you were had a much more influential job you know i don't know but that usually that first day of work you're so excited i mean everything is new you know maybe how you opened the bags for me you know how <laughs> You know, how, how do you stand there and bag those groceries without your knees getting tired, you know, from standing? There? But anyway, you know, how are you supposed to sit them in the car? Whatever. Everything was new. You know, back then they used to tip at Piggly Wiggly. You know, you don't do that anymore. But anyway, what, what kind of tip you get, whatever. Everything was new that first day. And it was just so exciting. Matter of fact, the, usually the first day it was over before you know it. Oh, it's already time to go home, you know. And we don't talk about the second day or the second week, you know. Um, Most of us after that, we begin to think, man, they should be paying me more. But but that first day, it's so exciting. It's kind of like, do you remember the first time you ever went snow skiing? Well, maybe not for some of you. But anyway, the first time you go snow skiing or something you really enjoy recreationally, it just goes by so quick. And you're like, oh, it's already time to go home, you know. Kind of like the pastor, I guess, at Disney World or whatever. You know, he's ready. But anyway, I can remember just the opposite growing up as a child. Now, I love my pastor. Okay, when I grew up over in First Baptist Albany, my pastor was Perry Webb. And he's still living. And so if he ever sees this message, I love him. Okay, But I will never forget growing up in First Baptist Albany when Perry Webb would pray the morning prayer. Okay, now, I never took my watch out and timed it, but I believe it was a solid five minute prayer. Okay, To me, that was eternity when I was eight years old. I was sitting there in those pews, you know, I was always about midway back, never at the front. But anyway, and he would pray and he would pray. And I know I'm sure he was talking to God. But I just thought, you this, this praying business, I could never do this. Can you, let me just ask you, there's nobody here but us tonight, right? Nobody's looking around. I don't think we got any TV cameras here from NBC. Can you honestly imagine spending the whole night in prayer? Is that, let's just us, let's just be honest. Is that kind of like the ultimate in what you wouldn't want to do? Just be honest. Is that kind of like, I mean, that's just like hanging, hanging, what's that stuff called? Not sheetrock, but wallpaper. Do I want to hang wallpaper all night long? Is that what you're thinking? Well, let me ask you this. If you had the opportunity to talk to the God of the universe about all the issues and questions of your life. Do you think eight hours would be enough time? You know, I really don't think so. After bringing your questions about, you know, if you're an adult, your retirement and your investments, if you're an adult, your job, if you're a child or an adult, your family, your marriage, issues about children or your parents, Issues about in-laws, maybe you have aging parents, maybe you're part of a civic club or a sports team, things about your church or your Sunday school class, concerns about our nation, things about maybe giving, financial issues, relational issues that you have, ministry opportunities. Can you imagine the time with your father, I believe, would be over before you even knew it. If God was wise enough to create And construct this world in all its complexities. And if he was gracious enough and loving enough and merciful enough to send his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Wouldn't it make perfect sense for us to consult him regularly for guidance in our daily lives? See, prayer is talking and prayer is listening. It's a true conversation. With the living God. And my question to you as we approach this new year is this. How are you going to invest your life this year? How are you going to invest your life this year? And you say, well, hey, I'm in eighth grade. I'm going to invest my life by being an eighth grader. Well, what's the difference in that and all the other eighth graders in Tiff County? God has something he wants you to invest your life in. You know, whatever you're, you know, you may say, "Well, I'm a retired school teacher." Well, there's a, probably 60 or 80 others retired. How does God want you personally to invest your life this year? There have been and there will be many crucial decisions in your life. And the question is, is he guiding? Is he leading you? Do you love and trust your father? See, Jesus did. Jesus never spoke these words. It's not recorded in Scripture. He never said this. Why did I choose Judas? He didn't do that. See, Jesus prayed. Jesus listened to his father. And then he went forward in the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spent all night talking to his father. And I don't believe that the the actual application of this text is for you tonight to go home and go, okay, it's 11 o'clock, I'm going to stay up until 6 in the morning praying because that's what the preacher or the scripture, no. Jesus spent all night talking to his father. The question is, do you have a hunger, do you have a desire to spend any time alone with your father? Do you have a hunger to get alone with him? And to share with Him the crucial issues of your heart. You know, in the next few weeks, we're going to have one of the greatest opportunities we'll ever have to to share the gospel with friends and neighbors. And you may go, What, are you talking about a revival? And I'm going... Not that I'm aware of. But First Baptist Church is participating in a couple things that, are, that are, will be a, a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel. One of those things is an ongoing thing that always goes on. You know what it is? It's called Sunday school. It's called Sunday school. Every week, I don't know, approximately, we'll just use number 800. 800 people gathered together in all different age groups. It's funny how we organized it like that. But anyway, we've got it all different age groups. Why did we do that, Brother Paul? Why didn't we just mix it all together? Well, because we thought it would be effective. You know, like if, if you brought a friend, hey, they'd be in there with your age group rather than in there with people my age group. You know, you kind of think I'm kind of old now. But anyway, um, we've got this thing called Sunday School. And it's designed... The way it's designed is so that we can invite people and they can hear you interact with the word of God and hear you share how Jesus Christ is changing your life. And they go, you know what? There's something to this. I wonder if I could have a relationship with Jesus Christ like these people. And it opens up a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel as you bring people to visit Sunday school with you. Another thing that we're going to have in a couple of weeks at First Baptist Church is something called faith. Y'all know what that is? Nod your heads. Good, good, good. And what is faith? Well, as I shared this morning briefly, faith was the brainchild of, a, I'm assuming, a pastor and a minister of education down in Daytona Beach, Florida. Where they said, you know what? These people who visit our church ought to be visited by a Sunday school class. That makes sense. They visit, they're in the age of 20 to 25. Why don't we send a Sunday school class members of that age to go visit them? But we don't just visit. Here's the deal. Do you realize that most people, this is hard to believe. I bet Tyler doesn't even understand this, but Tyler, do you got this? Most people who grow up in church, just like us, actually think that the way to go to heaven is by being good now you would think you've heard a hundred gospel messages how could you think that but that's what we encounter when we go on these faith visits and so we don't we don't go well that's right all you got to be is good come on to our church no what we do when we visit them and they share something like that we say could we just share with you what the bible says And we try to introduce them to Jesus Christ and invite them to come be a part of the Sunday School class they've already visited. So that's an opportunity of sharing the gospel. Not only the class itself, but faith. But another opportunity, which we've never had exactly, that we are going to have in a few weeks. Actually, it's February the 20th. We're going to host a marriage conference Now, is everybody kind of listening? Okay. And I want to just be very discreet with this, okay? We're going to host, not First Baptist by ourselves, but we're going to host a marriage conference with other sister churches at the UGA Conference Center. And this marriage conference is going to deal with the physical relationship in marriage, okay? Now, the reason I say that's going to be an evangelistic opportunity there are people in our community who spiritually are not that in tune right now. But they're in a marriage. And they would love to learn more about how they could improve that area of their marriage. That is going to be an opportunity. February the 20th. They're going to hear the gospel. When Kevin Lehman is there sharing about marriage, he is a, he's an evangelist as well as a marriage counselor. So it is going to be tremendous. There are opportunities. But here's the question. God's already put different opportunities in your mind for this year of serving Him. Each one of these opportunities impacts the lives of people. When Jesus spent the night in prayer seeking God, there were all these disciples there and what did he do he selected what the twelve he selected the twelve and so what i want to challenge you like jesus is to spend time with god and ask him what do you want to do in my life this year what do you want to teach me and i would love on another sermon to share with you what god's been teaching me what does god want to do in my family this year as we begin this new year what does god want to do What does God ask him? What do you want to do in my Sunday school class? Lord, what will be my personal ministry? Whose lives will you use me to touch? And those names may be people that are in a children's Sunday school class, may be in an RA group, it may be young children, it may be teenagers, it may be adults, it may be your peers. But just as Jesus, out of that night of prayer, came and and then began to minister to Peter, James, John, all these in a more personal way, God has a personal ministry for you. So I challenge you, pray, pray. One of the greatest opportunities for ministry that First Baptist Church has just begun is, is one called Celebrate Recovery which is an opportunity to minister to people. So many people are struggling in so many areas with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. What a wonderful opportunity for ministry. In all my days, when I asked a, a fellow church member how their weekend was, I never heard these words. I had a crucial decision to make. And so I spent the whole night in prayer. I challenge you to pray. I challenge you to spend time seeking the Lord and in how He wants you to invest this year. Lord Jesus, we're already into day 10 of 2010. 355 days left, Lord, in this year. 14 days until faith begins. 41 days until the marriage conference will come to Tifton. Seven days until our next gathering for Sunday school. Father, there's a reason right now that I'm 51 years old and I I have the health and the skills that you've given me. There's a reason each one of us are the age that we are with the skills you've given to us. There's a reason, Father, you've called us into this fellowship to be a part of the body of First Baptist, to be encouraged and to, to harness together what you are doing in and through our lives. So Father, challenge us. Challenge us at the core of our being to take the pressures and the crucial decisions that we face right now and to get along with You. And to seek You. Not just for an answer, but to seek You, Lord. And may we know Your heart. And may we, by your grace and mercy, become like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If the Lord has laid a spiritual decision upon your heart tonight, maybe in recent days you've given your life to Christ, and tonight would be an opportunity to make that public, we would encourage you, we'd be praying for you. If you have questions about having a personal relationship with Christ, you could come forward tonight, and one of our ministers or deacons would be glad to share with you how you could know Christ personally. If you felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to link your heart and life with this church and you'd like to become a member, we would love to receive you tonight. So whatever spiritual decision God lays on your heart, you, you make it as we stand and sing together.